Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a Greenock Morton podcast. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All of our panellists appear in a personal capacity and as such, any views expressed are personal to them. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Titans Bife Rum is inspired by Clydeside heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their carefully selected aged rums are infused with Scottish raspberries, golden syrup and exotic spices. Titans Bife Rum is blended using the finest Caledonian water whilst retaining its spiritual Caribbean DNA. Titan Spice Rum and Titan Orange Rum are available to order today. Visit titanspiritsltd.com to secure your order. Titan Spiced Rum Reggae Retro. Hello and welcome to a Just One Cornetto podcast, brought to you by your hostess with the mostess, McKinnon. <laughs> Do you know what? We'll keep that as the intro. Yes. Hello and welcome to the Just One Cornetto podcast, um, with myself, Dean McKinnon, and yes, panellist come stand-in host, Chris Dodds. So, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Thanks very much for having me on again. Excellent. Pleasure as ever. So, Hamilton game in midweek, bit of a kind of, bit of an even first half, we've then got Grant Gillespie, Greg Gillespie tucking home from a corner and then an absolute excellent team goal for King. Yeah, what did you what did you make of the start of eleven for that one then? Um I mean, if you look at the system that's played in the last couple of weeks, I think it was fairly obvious that um Doogie was gonna maybe stick with things. I think in in the main, and now this is gonna be unpopular opinion, Morton Room 101 stuff. Um unpopular opinion. Ali Crawford's been okay. Um I know that's been a bone of contention for a lot of people. Um but if you th- if you if you look at it and is in the hole, when he came on against Cove, you were sitting going, Oh, he's got something here. And then when he's came on oh not when he's came on, when he started against Queen's Park the week after, started the game off quite brightly. He was making good runs into the area. And he was in the build up to moves as well. Like he was winning things in the middle of the park and he's actually carried that all the way through. He's picking up positions that maybe from the left McGratton wouldn't have done or Miller wouldn't have done. Or from the right that Jai would maybe have gone along the outside and just tried to take on his man. Instead, he's cutting in, playing really good passes. And it's just the big eye test moments that he's failed. And when I mean eye test moments, I mean that yeah, penalty up at Arbroath being the obvious one. Um, it's moments that I think... I, that... No, I exactly. Moments define, moments define seasons. It's an interview yeah, I've used it a few times since I've come back, but moments do define seasons and that penalty miss could define a lot of things. But all players go yeah. through spells of that. Like Gozzi went through it last season, Gavin Riley went through it for half a season last year. If a Bob McHugh go through it for spells as well, but he was still ten goals a season for three years, type thing, you know. So I, I, I think that it, it's tough because yeah, it, there have been times where you look at movement, game intelligence. There are little things that you can does tell that Crawford doesn't that Crawford doesn't belong at this level, but it is it's. It's moments change game, and it's this will probably sound quite brutal, but there will be guys with probably half the technical ability that Crawford's had that have made far more telling contributions in the championship this year, and that's where there is that little bit. I understand the frustration of wanting a team without Crawford in it because again, if you're not producing in big moments, goals change games, and it is that's as it, it, it is really really tough because. I can see exactly why he was signed. It's a good, good signing to make. I can see there are little there are little intricacies in his play that you can see he is trying to like the attack. He does give something different. It is just, aye, if you're 
taking up a good position 20, 25 yards from goal and offering that little bounce or something around the corner. Aye, if you're if you're missing big chances, then these things do kind of peel into insignificance. So it's really, really tough. Um, and I can understand why Doogie's wanting to stick with him. Mm-hmm. I can understand. I, I do. I, I do get it. But I think obviously we'll, we'll kind of talk about Saturday. But I thought Saturday another impressive performance, and I think the midfield did look better without him. And that that's yeah, it's not the way that I would want to word it. But I don't think there's any way around it. I think we looked better. I think we looked better on Tuesday night when we brought McGrattan and King on. It's two absolutely game-changing substitutions. You look, we've obviously taught first goal, yeah, set-piece, Gillespie does well. It's really poor defending from Hamilton, if we've been honest. Yeah, it's around this. There's uh, the boy Sparrow in the far post, isn't it, that's marking him. Uh-huh. And Gillespie's just yeah. able to canter forward with three strides and tap the ball yeah, into the net. Just, like, you can't get away with that at this level. Absolute nothing. And then, but you look at how much more dangerous, especially in attacking transitions, and I keep banging on about this, but... And there just seemed to be more of a presence getting the second balls, if that makes yeah, sense. It, it there, seemed of, there seemed to be a wee bit of bite about Hamilton in the first half in that game. And but then as soon you, as bring you, on move, King, you bring on King and McGrath and that bite suddenly goes away. Scott Martin's not rendered useless because he was still, he was still um, operating in the middle of the park quite well, but... He was very quickly getting nullified, and the pressure was just kind of edging towards Doogie's side yeah. of the the joint dugout, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. In the second that's half, exactly, that's exactly the point. Is as soon as we move Robbie Crawford back into midfield, back into central areas, all of a sudden they turnovers of possession instead of being a header from Baird and a header from a corner. All of a sudden we are we are winning the ball 25, 30 yards higher up the park than we had all night. And then all of a sudden, Muirheads get back into the game. I thought he had a really thankless task, but again, stuck to it. A good performance. Probably should have scored. Um, obviously, he's in a big chance. He'll be, I think he'll be disappointed with it. But you look at how much more we got him in the game. And I think that stems from having a more energetic central midfield. That comes from getting fresh legs with King, getting McGrattan in there. But I think the I think the real key decision was getting Robbie Crawford back into central midfield. I think we just we look far we look far closer to the team that don't let teams settle because you then look the centre backs get jittery, Hamilton's midfield don't have as much time to go and dictate play. All of a sudden the game was getting played at our tempo and getting played our way. And I thought that was the real decision that turned it. And I think the second goal is just an absolute it's just an absolutely great goal. No, it is it's a very classy goal considering it started from Calvin Miller cutting in from the right wing, yeah. taking on two men and then passing a really, really well, well-driven, yeah. really precise in the way that it's in front of McGrattan as well, where he can just kind of run onto it and then take it past his man. Um, yeah. It was quite nice. To, it was excellent. It, it, was, it was very easy on the eye. And I think it's, I don't think enough's been said about how good Calvin Miller was on Tuesday night. Admittedly, yes. yes, it's against Hamilton, a team who are struggling and fighting for their lives. But it was a night where oh, it was a night where he needed players to have big performances, and I think that was the most telling contribution he's had in the bottom top so far. Maybe barring Inverness, yeah. maybe. No, I would say I think in terms of an overall performance, I think Tuesday night, I think he was quiet in the kind of early stages. He he was still struggling a little bit with trying to work out. He was obviously up against the kind of inverted fullback, almost in Tumulty, who is naturally right sided. And was playing at left back, so but also proved it was a very solid option at left back. As much as you might not want to admit that, but on Tuesday night he looked he looked all right. You know what I mean? I know he he had a decent game. Um, he's a very very capable championship fullback. He's just he's probably not someone I would have in my dressing room. But that's another conversation for another day. I think Miller drew into the game second half. He had a he had a really good a, a really telling contribution. Um, he's forced to save from Fulton. 
yeah, he's, he's played the switch. He's played the switch for that second goal. Just looked bright and looked dangerous. And again, I think he benefited from he benefited from the change in midfield where we can get him on the ball earlier. We can get him on the ball quicker. I think it was an excellent. Yeah, I think the the second half performance was very very good. And I think two 0 probably flattered Hamilton if we're being honest. Definitely, it could have been two going on four, five, or six. Um, yeah. Especially at the end because that was just swayed after swayed attack. Which is something yeah. we're not used to at Capelo. Or if it has been at Capelo, it's usually been Inverness or somebody else that's having swayed after swayed for an attack for a, for a good while. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, tell you what, obviously, on to Saturday, McGratton's come in for... McGratton's come in to start. We've got Grimshaw going back to right-back, Pignatello dropping out. What did you make of that starting 11? I thought the starting 11 was perfect, to be honest. Um, I think, well, it was obviously two changes because Oakley came back in up top as well. Um, I thought... Carlo coming out the side was merited. I don't think he had a harsh, maybe, but I don't think he had a great game against Hamilton. Um, no, I thought he, he definitely struggled against Hamilton. Um, and it wasn't so much his overall play. I think it was just decision making at the right time was just maybe not going for him. And you could see the game was getting frustrated with him quite early on. Um, yeah. And it was one of those ones where like, he, he, he's not going to get a lot, a lot of time in the second half to try and make things right. Um, yeah. And then obviously Ali Crawford's dropped out as well. Makes. I mean, it makes sense considering he was the one that got brought off for either one of McGrattan or King on Tuesday night. Um, so it is kind of just like for like. Um, McGrattan was fully deserving of his start. I think when he came on against Hamilton, he gave you that presence on the left-hand side. He was taking people on. He was confident. Had that bit of composure as well to play that eye, the needle pass. And it was just, it, 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 it did just make sense to do that. If you're if you're looking to try and start start as you left off, um, and obviously Grimmy going back to to right back made sense as well because that's probably where he's barring the uh, Dundee game back in February. He's excelled at right back this season, so um, I was there was no complaints for me for the start. And obviously, it's just a bit of a blow that that Jai's had a wee bit of a believe a wee bit of a reoccurrence of his of his um, a doctor strain that will have that's kept that kept him out for a month there. So um, I think the the problem with that has been just how to manage that and how to assess it, how to manage him coming back as well and not overloading overload him too much and all yeah. that fancy sports science jazz. Um so <laughs> I will see how that we'll see how that kinda goes on. It could just be that he needed three games in a week, it's just totally out of the question for him and it's easier just not to have yeah. him involved. Um but we'll see. We'll see. But no, like um I starting living was was fine with me. Yeah, I think it's it was spot on. Um, spot on from where I was. I think just like you said, getting Grimshaw back to right back. I think some more a more calming presence than <clears throat> than maybe Pignatello in there. Yeah, and it's a good mid. It's a good solid midfield. Miller had a good Miller kind of grew into the game. Solid contribution midweek. You then look. Yeah, I think McGrattan earned his start. Oakley and Muirhead again. Oakley gives us that physical presence and lets us get up the pitch. And obviously Muirhead's Muirhead's been. Absolutely outstanding. I think the last Muirhead run of form, and I'd say the last maybe five six weeks has been absolutely outstanding. And it's maybe not been his most prolific period in terms of goals scored, but I think you compare the Robbie Muirhead that we're that we've got just now to maybe the Muirhead that was getting shunted about positions. You you maybe look at 18, 24 months ago when a guy that was clearly drained confidence after piss poor management, if we've been blunt. Um, you look at the difference in him and what he contributes to us going forward in our overall game. Massive. So I think having Muirhead and Oakley in there, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, first half, obviously we take the lead. A really kind of really clever improvised finish from from a corner. What did you make of it? I think it's just a well worked goal to be honest. You can see that they've they've been working on that sort of set piece for 
the last couple yeah. of weeks they've been trying to find the back the man at the back stick and then work it back across goal to fashion an easy finish. And if you're talking about fashioning an easy finish, when do you see a six foot plus defender scoring an overhead kick? <laughs> and I, 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 is it a stretch to call it an overhead absolutely kick? Absolutely not. See if he was flying. See, oh. see if he see if he would have taken the standing leg off the ground and would have jumped a wee bit, that'd be a push cash <laughs> contender and you'd be writing about it for ages. <laughs> see if he wasn't see if he wasn't Irish. And playing for Morton, <laughs> you'd be like, "Oh my God, that's one of the best goals you've ever seen." No, it'd be one of the best goals you've ever seen because if he's, if see, if he's had the the confidence to jump for that and make it look like a traditional overhead kick, then I, you're like, I, it's an overhead kick. But on the basis of he's lifted his his right foot, no, it wasn't his right foot; it was left footed, wasn't it? Ah, uh-huh. his left foot has gone above his head. The ball has gone over his head, back towards goal. It's an overhead kick. Fair enough. Aye, I'll give you. It's an overhead it's, kick. It's an excellent finish. Brilliant. Um, it's a, no, it's a brilliant finish. Absolutely brilliant finish. You can, you can see, you can see the work that we are putting into attacking set pieces. You can see it coming to fruition. Um, and it what it's it's a cracking delivery from is it Miller? Yes, it was McCall Miller. Good delivery from Miller. Baird that heads it back across, and you look at. Oh, I'll tell you what, what a performance for Baird going and assist. <laughs> Behave, jeez, oh. <laughs> What a player, yeah. man. <laughs> He's bears another one that again, you know, almost flies under the radar, but very, very good championship defender. He's he's had a very, very good season. Aye. Sorry, sorry, that's me just had a moment of realisation there that he had a goal and an assist. We'll not take away Fedara's moment of brilliance, please. <laughs> so yes, equalising goal makes it one each. Kind of turned over ball in midfield again. Talk about those quick transitions in the championship. And it's then ball into the back post and a header at the back post. What did you make of it? It's just a poor goal to concede. Um, yeah. Initially, from giving the if you're looking to pass out for the edge of your own area, make sure you find your man or go for territory. Go for, go for territory and try and knock it into the channel and try and turn them in behind. Because I might sound really like I've just not got a clue here, but if you've got a right winger with a right winger playing behind them, taking up that full left-hand side, they're always going to be a yard too high and try to steal a match to inevitably go forward. And that's what's happened there for Gillespie's pass out, is that yeah. uh, Mulligan's got a match on McGratton, and then yeah. his initial thought is just to write a pass and move, and that's then created the overload on, yeah, on the right-hand side, which has allowed, exactly, yeah. allowed a free man in Robinson to be a really simple pass inside from the wing for Robinson just to run in behind and then take yeah. Gillespie with him to get a, an easy... Let's be honest, it's not the greatest of crosses either. It's it's, not, it's, it's a floaty, mm, dippy cross. It's what it is. Uh, like it's, it's got no real... Not that it didn't have any meaning to it. When you're crossing the ball into the box, you usually have the aim of finding someone, but it was just a, right, I'm running out of space here. I've got to hit it in and hope it finds someone. And then... I don't know, there were shouts of could Brian a goalie have came off his line, but if he comes off his line, misses the puncher, then go, why has he not stayed on his line? So I think he's kind of made the executive, I think he's made the correct call to stay on his line and just try and stop the stop the, the header of, of whatever's going to come for that. Um, Aye. It's, being caught under, for, for a fullback being caught under a ball like that, it's not, doesn't look great either. So I can understand no. people's frustrations from three points of view, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a poor goal and I would imagine, I would imagine when Dougie and Andy are doing the the analysis for it, I could imagine there being three or four. Yeah, I could imagine there being three or four points that they're they're discussing on that goal when you look at what we could do better. Um, yeah, and again, it does it starts with the decision. I'm yeah, I'm fine with the pass, but if you're if you're playing that pass, find your man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's it absolutely has to be. And if there's any doubt in your mind that you can't find the man, then yeah, you go for territory, you get us up the park. But yeah, it's in terms of that kind of quick 
that quick transition to defence, it's yeah, we don't it's it's a very, very cheap goal to concede. Um and I think yeah, I think the, the players and the manager will be will be tearing their hair out when they watch it back. But from the very yes, let's go to the, the other extreme. What a free kick. As soon as he stood over it, oh I was like, this is going in the top corner. And this is going to sound like a Ubo shout, I know it is. But look how close he's been for a lot of things over the last couple of weeks. He was then getting yeah. shouts of from the main stand of Robbie Muirhead, you're a Robbie Muirhead, you're a wanker, things like that. And you're just sitting there going, right, there's no way he's not hearing that. There's no way that that's that the last couple of weeks of just how close he's been, he's not thinking about and he's not worked on that. So if you're yeah. sitting going, you add all that together, you're just going to go, you know what, he's just going to see out of spite, he's just going to put us right in the top corner and the goalie shouldn't even bother diving for it. And that's just what happened. Yeah, you, you actually seen the, go- you seen the goalie take. You seen the goalie take a step to. The, if you look at it from uh, Gary Bradley's GoPro, yeah, he takes a yeah. step to the right, and you're like, "That's the first mistake." And then you just see him, and you're like, "See, like I said, as soon as it left his boot, you knew where it was going." And the goalie then obviously tries to make up for it, and that really going down in stages dive that he was never going to get. So why let's save yourself the hassle and just applaud the effort that's got to go in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm usually quite good. I'm usually quite kind on goalies. I'm not gonna lie, but don't you just you just need to applaud that. I was brilliant. Seeing how gutted everybody was after the Inverness one a couple of weeks back, that that should have been it. The fact that he's went and done it for just about ten yards further out in the right hand side, and he's literally proper perla, like curled effort as well. It was like this wasn't power that he usually goes for. He was like, I'm gonna not. I'm placing it. Like, aye, oh, it's sick about. I mean, he, he, he struck it well. There's there's still plenty of power in it, but aye, it's. There is that element of placement to it. It's just an absolutely great hit. And I think, I mean, you could have a goal of the season. You could have a goal of the season reel just, just with your head uh, goals this year. Well, you could have a goal of the season reel of goals that have been scored after the goal of the season competition has been announced. No, <laughs> 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 what I mean? <laughs> um, it's, and I, I, think he, I think he deserves it because his absolutely. endeavours, I, he's been consistently our best player for, say, the last, yeah, four or five weeks. Um we we obviously talked about it on the last record, but the demands that he's putting on players round about him, just he's trying to make things happen. And he's you can see the leadership qualities coming through in him. You can see the influence that he has on the players round about him. He's great. And up. yeah. And it's it, it really is excellent to see. It's brilliant. You're now looking it's at, brilliant you're now looking at a really a really dangerous championship centre forward. You've got you um, think, even how well he's had to adapt, obviously Oakley coming in and playing ahead of him. And you look at it's something that probably hasn't the credit deserved, but in terms of how he's adapted his game to Oakley, when you look at how many times have you seen in maybe not Morton, but any time where you've maybe got two number nines trying to play together and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it's such a difficult thing to make work between two strikers who are maybe trying to play the same sort of role and they've got a very similar skill set as well. Yeah, the all credit has to go to Muirhead for how well he's adapted his game since Oakley's came in. Absolutely. Uh, oh, absolutely! You've got a team. You've got a well, you've got a player who's full of confidence, and it's now been the feelings are mutual because you've got a player who's full of confidence, and you've got a team who's full of confidence of that player, and it's just bouncing off each other, and it's just working, and it is. It's really nice to see. It can happen for a better guy, to be honest. Yeah, and it's as, as you said, he absolutely deserves it this season. Um, you know, look, that takes on what nine nine league goals for the season, eleven and all comps. Yeah, eleven and all competitions. You remember us sitting here at the start of the season in the season preview saying, "Do we have that double figure striker?" There you go. You've got a double. You've got a double figure striker. You've got a double figure midfielder, and you've got a defender who's yeah. coming up for double figures as well. Yeah, like where's that and coming again, from? You look, you look at the spine of the team getting into next season. If we can have, those three goal scorers are signed up. 
And then you've got George Oakley on six, who's signed up as well. Oh, Keep the fact going. that he's joined in January and he's contributed six goals is massive. Baird, just like you've mentioned there, Baird's got the third. Talk us through that one. That is another really well-worked goal. Um, Absolutely. Like, can we, like, it was a question I posed to Dougie, Dara and Baird after the game. Um, a game that saw six goals, five of them came from set pieces. Yeah. Um, or second phases from set pieces. Yeah. Like, it either tells you how bad that both teams are at defending at the minute or just how little there is between the teams. And I prefer to go along the lines of that shows you how little there is between the teams. Um, it's just, you're sitting there going, aye, six goals, brilliant, what a, what a spec, what great on the eye. But like, if it's coming from set pieces, like you're, you're going away incredibly frustrated every time because somebody's going to be, no, we need to be doing better there. Um, and in this case, Dundee should have cleared the lines far, far better. The initial ball into the box, yeah. even like the, the initial ball into the box for Calvin Miller was actually really good. A great ball into the mm-hmm. back stick. Um, and again, it's that ball into the far post, head across, somebody's got a tap in. And it's very nearly came yeah. off, but Dundee have managed to half clear it. It's gone back to Calvin Miller in a similar area. And instead of trying to curl it into the box, he's been watching the Masters a bit too much and he's wedged it. And it's just brilliant. Like it's, it's inch perfect, inch perfect, and it's landed on Birdie's head. As soon as as soon as it leaves his boot, you see Birdie stealing a march on his man. You're like, if this is going yeah. through here, it's the only one thing that's happening. And again, that's what happened. And then Birdie's obviously got that wee for goal this season. Um, yeah, and he's now on six as well. So, which is a, a, an incredible return. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't think you've had returns like that since Tam O'Ware, really, have you, from a defender? No, and even I, you know, the the deliveries from Forbes that season were. Absolutely, they were just a dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, we now need to. Aye, it's the two goals that we don't really want to be talking about. So, aye, what's your take on the, the second Dundee goal? Euphoria lasts seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just incredibly frustrating because the way that even Diggy said after, the, like in his post match, it was we went three one up, and I just wanted this to calm down, relax. There's nothing yeah. to be like. There's n- and we, they, they did look nervous. It was as if they went, "Oh, what do we do now?" And you're like, uh-huh. you've just went and like, you've had a very good 15 minute spell to start the second half, and you're now cruising at Dens Park. Only like one or two teams have gone in there and done that this season. There's nothing yeah. to be worried about at that point. Just do what you've been doing. But um, I think it was just from then on. I think it was just rash decision making that cost the team massively. Um, yeah. Whether that be tackles at the wrong time, team like taking thinking right, I'll take one for the team here because that's them putting more pressure on. Um, uh, it's incredibly frustrating going away from home, going away from home, scoring three goals and not coming away with three points is inconceivable. Like it's, it's when you go to a player, oh well done, you scored a hat trick, but you're on the losing side. It just shouldn't shouldn't happen. But it comes from an, I I, th- I do think some of it will come from from an experience because um, it's a young side and getting out of that division is something that not a lot of players in that squad have done, bar Birdie and. Mm-hmm. Well, Jai's obviously got to the playoffs before, but obviously he wasn't involved, so there's maybe maybe it's a bit of an experience, or maybe it's just a case of the occasions getting to them a wee bit, but possibly. Um I don't know, you're sitting there you're, you're, you're sitting there going like let's be honest, right? You see the second goal, Kingy was really fortunate not to get away a penalty. I thought it was in the box. Um from I where I was, was sat, well. from, where, from where I was sat, I thought it was in the box. And then for the second Again, one as well, you're sitting there going, just usher him away. He's going nowhere and he just like I'm not trying yeah. I'm not trying to rinse the boy, because that's not what I'm here to do. But I just it, that comes with experience, but you're just sitting there yeah, going, like, and it's, it's, the, it's just these wee minor details that are just just missing, you know. You're almost looking at yeah for the the foul you're looking at take a step, just aye. I get it's 
something that we use with young players and it's when you're trying to defend, get the footwork right first and just put yourself in the best possible position so that you're not stretching because as soon as you stretch, as soon as you commit, that's when these things can happen. And again, it's, it is going to be a tough learning curve and you've also got to remember, yeah, these guys are young, they are, they're learning and it's, it is, it's frustrating. Um, yes, so ball into the box. Aye, do you know, it's another back post header. And to be fair, I think Oh, great header! Well. Great header, roof yeah. of the net. Like, and not, not, not gonna yeah. lie, right? That's a similar from a psychological point of view. It's the exact same ball into the box that he got knocked out with mm-hmm. back at Capello against, well, obviously against Morton. So at that point, to stick your head in where it hurts and go, nah, yeah. I'm getting to this first. Like, I mean, fair enough. But um, I, from Morton's point of view, he should not be getting three yards on somebody to have a run at them and just power the ball into I, the net. That's exactly it. Well, and who, 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 somebody needs to be picking up there. And then again, yeah, it's, it's the same exactly story. It. And it's just obviously you can talk about the you can talk about the foul and how preventable it is that we're giving the ball away in that area, which is absolute. But I, you then look at do you know those experienced guys in there that aren't that aren't doing their job. Just I, just stick with your man. Go and stick your head in where it hurts. And it is. It's that's the difference. In a in a tight tight championship, that is going to be the difference. That is going to be the difference. Third goal, what is it, 94th minute? Aye. Um, again, disappointing foul to give away in the edge of the area. Sorry, not the edge of the area, down Just, next to the corner uh, flag. And again, it's a dangerous angle because you can put that little bit more whip on it. You can put it into a little bit more of a dangerous area. Aye, talk us, talk us through that one. The ball's came into the box, isn't it? And then um, somebody's tried to head it. It's went up instead of away. Oakley's eye. Oakley gets the initial contact on it. Not a lot of purchase. It kind of drops in the area. Um, and then somebody's took a swing at it. Game of pinball. Mm-hmm. You're sitting going, please just get a foot in the way. Just block it. Something, anything. And then you see Thomas just take a swing at it again. You're like, oh, you're just sitting like, oh no. And it is, it's slow motion aye. going into the net. And then slow motion folk yeah. going up and stand, like cheering and all that. And you're just like, oh, it's, it was a proper head and hands moment. Like, could somebody have got there first? You don't know. Speaking to Dara about it after the game, he was just like, I've seen that the ball's broke to him. My initial reaction is just throw your body in front of it and hope for the best. And that's all you can, like, yeah. from that point of view, that's all you can do. Miller obviously having a wee bit of trouble confirming who actually scored the goal. Um, itself, you saw snappers showing you frame by frame as to what's happened. Yeah. Um, Brian looked a bit delayed reaction because it was going through the sea of bodies, but it's just... Bitterly, bitterly disappointing. Uh, it is, been, and I think that would have been the statement victory that could have probably kicked you on to get the playoffs quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd have been your first win at Dens Park since 2011. Huge. Yeah, that's um, that's the disappointing thing. It's and it also it would have also blown things wide open because it's then seven points oh. between you and the top, and you're like, hold on, this is could even still very unlikely, but it's still not out of the question that you could go on and win the league. You know, but yeah, I um, think it's because you do look. <sighs> Aye, realistically, it would take a, it would take an excellent, yeah, it would take some set of results if we were to get the playoffs now, and I think it's could still happen. Don't get me it wrong, is. it could still happen. I'm yeah. the best in airplane each other could be useful. You need, you do need a draw in that. Um, Queens Park have still to play one of them as well. I'm sure, as well mm-hmm. as as well as Morton, obviously. But like, let's just see what happens. You go out to win every game, yeah. so what's what stop me winning three games in the bounce, especially when two of them are at home. Yeah, and I think the one thing, one of the biggest positives from this season has always been how well this team have recovered from a setback. I think the character that the managers instilled in this squad and the character that this, showed, this squad have shown 
we do have that knack to bounce back from disappointment. Mm. And I think Saturday had, there's no way, no other way about it. Saturday was a massive disappointment. That was a sickness. Um, absolute sickness. An absolute one of the, but the onus is now on the squad to show that that isn't going to define the rest of the season. And it can't now, I think this season has been too good with too many high points to kind of fizzle out with a whimper because mm. a one late goal at Dens Park, I think we've got to rally again. And I've got every, I've got every faith that that the manager in the squad will show that because you then look, even if we do miss out on the playoffs this year, I think we have a very, very good squad that are going to be, we've got a very good nucleus of a squad for next season that we can build on, improve on if we get the recruitment right. Emery's recruitment since he's come in the door has been absolutely outstanding and yeah, I've got every confidence that even if there is that disappointment of say we finish fifth or sixth, that by the start of the season, we will have a very, very good championship squad in place to then go one further. Because I think credit to Dundee, who look as if they will win the title. Aye, you know they've they've ground it out and they've done well. They got through a kind of sticky, sticky first and second quarter. But let's not arse about. It's one of, the like, yeah. one of the poorest teams to win the championship. Aye, it's kind of like how Kelly won it last season. You're sitting there going, "How the use of Galileo in there?" Yeah, that's um, exactly. It's almost a carbon copy of Kilmarnock when you look at how long it took them to find their feet in the championship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, for all, yeah, obviously you deserve it. No team ever ever flukes a title win, but definitely one of the poorest teams that I've seen win the championship. No, definitely. Well, they still and might I, not. Yeah. Still might not. But even so if, we'll see what happens. I, think, I don't actually think, even if Queen's Park do win it again, it's... They'd be more deserving. They're, I'd, I'd say they're more deserving because... It's kind of like how Wraith Rovers deserve second in the COVID season because they were just the football. They played the best football in the championship that year. It was the night, it was the best team I watched in the full lockdown season. Even when mm-hmm. they were on the telly as well, the results they got and just how they went about things. And it's why, yeah. like, that's where you get your plaudits from. Queens Park play very good football, very nice football on the eye, but inexperienced. Yeah. They can't really grind out results. They might, they might win by three one, meet and chuck in for the next week. But you know what they. The football that they've played, not the story behind them, because I don't like the story behind them, but... No, neither Just, they are. just, on, they, just on the they, face of it, you're sitting there going, you know what, see on the balance, I probably, you've went to Partick, got results, went to Air, got results. Actually, no, they've not, have they? No, they've not, because Air have beat them. See? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's not the results against us. I think that's maybe, uh, there is maybe a little tinge of frustration on that, and I think our results against the top teams this year, take, obviously take out their incident for Hill kind of early in the season. Our results against the top teams in this league have been Very fine. Good. Uh-huh. Obviously, you look the kind of home res- the the home defeat to air kind of that took the wind out of sails a little bit. But we've we've recovered from it. You look the incident for Hill again. We've recovered from it. Um, I we obviously we've had that kind of lull between kind of February and now. We are the away form. The away form's been fine. Not you really, because you've won away from home since November. But if you're winning, it's I think the championships your home games. It's the importance of your home games. If you're picking up a point away from home every second week, if you're winning your home games, that's fine. It's, yeah, I think the, the kind of disappointing home results, I think for me, are probably more crucial than, than kind of picking up draws away from home. Aye, you know, getting up to places like a broth and taking a point. Aye, it's, yeah, you're looking to do your business at Capolo and that's kind of what's, I think that's maybe been what's cost us in the, the kind of second half of the season. But, I don't want to be overly negative because I think the club, the club's in a far, far healthier place now than it was eighteen months ago. Say, even you look at even last takeovers going August. well off the park. We're taking massive strides. Emery's absolutely rejuvenated the club in terms of what we're seeing on the pitch. You look, the recruitment's been excellent. We've got young players coming through. 
there's a, a much better atmosphere at the club in general. So, I, do you know, I don't want to be too downbeat because as a football club, we are putting the building blocks in place now where you're looking at next season. If we've still got Emery in the dugout, then I think, we, I think we're very well placed to have a right good go at it this year. Definitely. Well, there's a few teams changing managers in the summer, isn't there? So, just need to see you on that. But, um... yeah. I know you're right. Like, like we said just before the record, it's been like, if you look at it as a chart, it's gone sharply up, then there's maybe been a wee stagnation, and it's gone up again, and the wee dip, and then it's gone up again. So this is maybe, the, Jesus, this is maybe the wee dip or the stagnation, and we'll go, go up again. So let's just see what happens, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we're now obviously Wraith Rovers at Capolo. How would you head into that one? How would you line up for it? I would be looking to overload the midfield because... The base of the Wraith midfield is very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. You might be sitting there going, what the fuck are you on about? But um, they've got Scott Brown and Sam Stanton sitting at the base of their midfield. That's a lot of legs and a lot of, well, Scott Brown brings the power. Stanton obviously box the box. Both of them can shoot. Um, they like to play some quite expansive passing football. So on the, I'd maybe go same team that started. It'd be who I bring on that's, that's changing, if that makes yeah. sense. I'd be looking to stop them passing out and doing those quick transitions that they like to do. Yeah. Um, I don't really know much about the, the boys that have come in in January, so I can't really comment on that, but I do think Morton are capable of beating them at home. Because in a 10-team a a division, Wraith are the only team that I haven't got anything to play for. So um, there's me just giving them their team talk to go out and get a result now. Um, but you know what I mean? Just I think it should be... They've been, they, either, they either have a full bench or they've got 11 bodies fit. So let's just see how they... They're very inconsistent, is what I'm trying to say. So we we are consistent in the way of we pick the same team usually, and the team that complemented Dundee also complements Wraith, and just it should work for there. Yeah, no, I think so. So yes, we will leave it for this week. So Chris, pleasure as ever. Thank you very much for coming on. I enjoyed that, mate. Thanks very much. Excellent. And stay tuned. We have an interview with one of the Morton in the Community men's walking footballers. So yeah, thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next week. This is an important message from the Tale of the Bank Credit Union. Remember that we are here for you. We share this message often because it's important. Don't get hooked in by loan sharks. Avoid the pitfall of debt solutions. Stop, take a breath and consider your option. Tale of the Bank Credit Union are Inverclyde's credit union. We are non-profit making and put our members first. Call us for a confidential chat before falling into the trap of high rate lenders or debt solutions that aren't right for you. Contact us via creditunioninverclyde.com by phone on 01475 734 655 or via our social media feeds and see how Inverclyde's credit union can support you to save, borrow and plan for tomorrow. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Chris, who is a member of the Morton in the Community Men's Walking Football Squad. So Chris, thank you very much for coming on. How are you? Thanks very much for inviting me on. No, no problem. Fantastic. So, for anyone that's unfamiliar with walking football, could you cover a quick summary of just the main differences between football and walking football? Sure, I can do that. Yeah. So, well, you've got the obvious that you're not meant to be running; it's walking. But to be fair, the, you can get a little joke. You know, the, the rule is that as long as you've got one foot on the ground, it's deemed as walk. So you can get away with a little joke. The park's obviously it's a smaller pitch; it's more six a side, and there is a no head and tackle, but it's three touch. So that's kind of if a bit mobile, it's stopping you going kind of easy runs and making it a bit further for the box. And the games tend to be bar height. So for instance, when Mark and Martin is here playing hand, it's like five or six, so you'll play bar height, go into the competition sometimes, just below head. 
Yeah, I think that was obviously I I went out to Leverkusen with the squad from last year and I think it was the first kind of first interaction I'd had with walking football. It wasn't something I tried it once in in a charity event, but I was really impressed by the speed of play. That was the main thing that that kind of jumped out at me with that one. So, how long have you been involved in the walking football squad then? So I probably started playing about, uh, must be about 2019, I was about 57 at the time. I'd managed to keep playing till about 55, I was still playing fives and sevens, but it got, I mean, I was just about managing to keep up in ones, but it got to, that, uh, it was taking a long time to go over it. <laughs> so I was uh, struggling, struggling to get out of it, struggling to step there. Um, pack me to your lace and you need help to get back up again <laughs> so I, I stopped playing 55 and round about I actually bumped into one of the Montenegro coaches Paddy McAleese yes. and Paddy was telling you know, I had a walking foot at that time he was involved with it but I said what a lot of people say oh no I'm not playing walking football I'll just leave that so but then a few years later I the opportunity and absolutely love it brilliant so what attracted you? You obviously said that there was a kind of almost a, a kind of mental block and maybe a little bit of a stigma. What would you say attracted you then to, to <laughs> giving it a go? Well, it was it was basically a chance meeting down at uh, it was down at the Undercap Hub. I got to meet the guys from the walking football team and uh, the the community, and uh, I was just really impressed with what they were doing, the way they were getting people to start playing football again um, it just really impressed me and I gave it a, I gave it a try and I absolutely loved it Is there a range of football and backgrounds on the squad have you got guys that have played at a decent level and maybe guys that haven't played so much football Yes it's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag you've got guys that were ex-pros guys that were amateurs and guys that just love football and they've, they've decided to take it up in, in, in later life um, and in ages as well it, it, it probably varies from about 50 year olds to 70 year olds in fact just last week um, one of the guys actually turned 80 fantastic. and he's still playing uh, absolutely uh, yeah absolutely fantastic but when you go into the competitions it's obviously you've got your over 50s your over 60s over 65s and over 70s so it's but on the actual club day the morning community club day that we have down at Inverkip it's a mix from 50 year olds to 70 year olds yeah. Brilliant what benefits are there to, to participating in walking football then? Well obviously getting the exercise uh, and just your general fitness but just getting outdoors getting spun for it better, and it's just a massive massive boost to your self confidence obviously a lot of people after us all coming through the lockdown suffer a lot from mental health and yep. it's just a massive boost yeah, yeah, yeah and it's not just football it's afterwards when we maybe all get together and have a cup of coffee and every now and then I get in Thanks to the model in the community. <laughs> I never thought for a second that would happen. 
No, it was it was excellent. Obviously, my my kind of personal experience going to Leverkusen with the squad, and I think the thing that jumped out at me was just how passionate the guys are. Obviously, we would, we travelled over, yeah. given up kind of three three or four days to to travel over to Leverkusen, and you know it, it was excellent to see. And again, kind of chatting to some of the guys, it was the passion to to keep going and just the almost the disbelief that yeah, at the kind of age of fifty or sixty or I even even eighty in some participants that they're they're going away <laughs> to another country and and playing football. It was something that. I think serves as a big boost to them and I think you obviously look you've got issues with isolation you've got issues with mental health kind of coming out of lockdowns just like said and I think walking football plays a massive massive part in uniting people and I think if we can if we can get more people into walking football then I think there, there's a massive range of benefits to people Oh absolutely agree with you yeah and as I say it was a, it's just a massive boost to your confidence it really is it's uh, yeah highly recommend it uh, the Morton community and, and uh, down at Inverkip so we play on a Monday and a, a Friday um, the gents play I think it's 1 till 2 and then and the ladies play 11 till 12 and I really do highly recommend it fantastic so yeah if anyone is if anyone's listening to this and they maybe want to give it a go you can contact it's Johnny Roy so it's jroy at mortoncommunity.net if you want to make an inquiry if not give me a message on any social media I'll point you in the direction but that was fantastic Chris so I'm delighted that you're you're back playing football and thank you very much for coming on Well, that's the show folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at the Morton Forum. (laughs) 